you know, I, I still have to remind everybody of that when they're like, I want to be huge. And I'm like, okay, well, you're 190 right now. Why are you training six days a week, three hours a day? Yeah. Like yeah. maybe that's not the best way. You know what I mean? And I still see a lot of guys doing that. No days off. Okay. Well, I train four <laughs> hours a week and right. then I probably spent 40 hours a week eating <laughs> yeah. and put on a hundred pounds in 10 years. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 124. Of course, Scott McNally, our producer, Dusty Hanshaw, my beautiful co-host. Uh, great to have you guys. What is going on? You're just, just happy to be here sharing a mic with you, Ron. That's all. Well, remember to like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. Yes. Comment about the mic that Dusty and I appear to be sharing. <clears throat> we could only afford one. For for the guys, yeah, yeah, you got both lean in. A lot of effort into that. <laughs> How's Scott doing? Good. I just got done training back, <clears throat> eating my food. I'm like sweating balls over here. Do you, Don't mind do you me. Have I'm a name, good. Do you have a name for your downstairs gym? No, Victoria like, wanted to like come up with some names, and they. I, I got to be honest, it felt kind of, kind of cheesy. So I just call it like you know, it's just the basement. It's just the gym. It's just the home gotta, gym. Give it a give it a name. Give it a name. It needs a name. Yeah, because yeah. they have like, you know, like garage gyms are on the internet. Like you have a basement gym. It should have a name for sure. Yes, yeah, you know, gym, you should yeah. you should give it a name and uh and start an Instagram page for it. <laughs> and well, uh, you're training then, your clients in there too. I mean, yeah, and then tag the shit out of garage gym fanatics and all the pages that are done just for like home gyms. Yes. Tag the shit and get your get your gym reposted and and you know, post your favorite, like you know, you had an angular shot of the wall with the Franco or whatever fucking picture you have hanging on yeah, the wall yeah, there. Yeah. And 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 you know, like the the calm before the storm. You, know, you write some like, <laughs> you know, you write some black like and white tag black and white. Give it a grainy yeah, look, yeah. and then uh, tag it like hardcore home gyms, and then get reposted. And yeah, it's just like kind of like what some people do with their dogs, right, Jedi? Yeah. That's right. That's the right way to do it. Hey, I had a shout out to Andrea Watson, friend and client. She came out. She's from L.A., but she just moved to Florida, came out from Florida to train for three days. We got two out of three, like really kick ass workouts at the home gym. Dusty, I know you were talking about like building a gym for a while. There is such a freedom. And Ron, you know that because you just like go to your own gym. It's such a freedom in having your own space. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I I uh I really enjoy training at um Braden's garage. Ooh, dude, he's got compound. such a sweet gym. <laughs> yeah, it, not only is it a sweet setup, but it's like, you know, blast some music, nobody else is in there. Yep. Um, you know, just like do whatever you want, you know, like the whole gym is yours. It's kind of neat, you know. There's not not anyone sharing the space, you know. So I understand how you feel about your your basement. Yeah, you're killing it. You do whatever you want. Make as much noise as you want. I seriously, I feel like I make more noise in now training than I ever have. And part of it's like because I just don't care. I'm not trying to impress anybody because there's no one else here. You know what I mean? But you just like there's no yeah. there's no filter. Zero Your dogs filter. are like nice fucking set, dead. Yeah, nice they're screaming. <laughs> do you, do you have a routine though? I'm curious about this, Scott, because you you work from home. You basically don't leave your house. Nah, so much. This is it. 
what do you do to kind of get yourself in the mindset for the gym? This is a good question because people, it's something I've been working with my clients on, like after work. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a little, like, they'll say like, oh, this week I had a couple off workouts. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how, why. And I think it's because people don't prep. So how do you go about that changing your, your mindset before you go into the basement gym? Well, I spend the gym's like, I mean, that's like an hour and a half of, of your day. Right. So I spend yeah. like the other 22 and a half hours, uh, worried that I'm getting older and that I'm losing muscle and that eventually I'm going to die. And by the time that time comes around to train, I feel so motivated uh, <laughs> just to hold on a day longer, you know? One day longer. <laughs> this is the kind of inspiration I was looking for here. That's glorious. Glorious. That's, I, sort of, I sort of understand that. It's like I feel like uh, every hour I don't do something, I'm losing a skill or an ability or uh, I'm – going farther and farther and farther from my peak physical exactly. ship and uh, every chance I get to train is a desperate, gr- you know, reach for a little bit of what I used to be yeah, and like- uh, see if I can stay that for one more day. 22 and a half hours of fear. That's usually that. What mo- that's what motivates me. This driving force. Yeah. <laughs> the fear reminder of death and losing muscle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, fuck, I think my delts are a little flatter. (laughs) (laughs) So every time I train, I'm just like, you know? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Man, I really, and then people mistake it. People mistake it for like genuine motivation that's healthy. (laughs) And they come up and say stuff like, I really admire how you still train so hard. I'm like, oh, it's just desperation and panic. Yeah. Was it ever? Insecurity. It's fine. Was it ever healthy, (laughs) though? Yeah, exactly. Driven by, I can get some shirts made for us. Yeah, yeah. I've. You think I'm past my my bodybuilding, but I still have more issues than ever. Yeah, you know, bodybuilding caused the majority of my issues. To be honest, right, right, right. Exactly. I've said that a million times. Like I remember high school when I was like two fifteen, and I just like look in the mirror and I'm like fucking beast. Like I just was. <laughs> yeah. I was. I was such a beast. You know. And you get yeah, to like yeah. a, a pretty solid like two eighty five, and you look in the mirror you're like. I got to get a bigger shirt. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going yeah. on here? You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I go with green. Green is a large color. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. You look like the, you look like the giant new M&M that has been made more gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Only in our world now are we worried about this shit. I'm like, oh, God. You know? <laughs> they, they, see, they took the green M&Ms. They, they took her high heels away. You're kidding. And they yeah. gave her. Yes. Yeah, they took they took the high heels off the green M&M. Huh. And they took her makeup away. Was it the green one? They removed her makeup. Yeah. Huh. And they put her, her in a they, they put her in like a white sneaker. But but now you there's nothing to actually say it to her now. It's a gender neutral M&M now because they took away the heels and the makeup. So they technically you don't know now. Yeah. And they're just yeah. trying to make them more inclusive by getting rid of all the hints of femininity. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I think the M&M sales are going to skyrocket now. Because remember, if you just get rid of women, it'll be more inclusive. Of course. Yeah. Eliminate right? any differences is the best way for us all to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyways, that's what your shirt that. reminds me of. I didn't even hear that whole thing. 
I did it to uh, celebrate yeah. her finally getting rid of those fucking shoes because there's nothing worse than I hate a wo- than a woman wearing high heels. Gross. Gross. I know. Terrible. Oh. Terrible. You know, that oh, was always on my mind whenever, whenever I would eat M&Ms. Every time I looked down, there was a green M&M. I'd be like, oh, I'm, that's annoyingly female. Yeah, that, that, that green M&M is just an annoying reminder of women in heels. That was my first thought. I'm really glad they made the effort to change that. My second you know? thought is women and they want the money. Um, anyways, uh, ooh. <laughs> so I have this, I, I got this game, okay, called okay. Answer the Internet. Have you guys ever seen it? Uh-uh. So we started playing it on um, the stories on, uh, on uh, IG, but it's just a game where you get a card and you have to answer a question like, uh, answer the Internet. Would you fuck a porn star if afterwards she had to hold – a press conference on your performance. And then you answer that question. You know, then they've ah. got like, would you rather A, have to piss sitting down for the rest of your life, or B, go vegan? These are just great things you throw out to the internet and you just get a little vote on all yeah. your pages. It's, I like it's, some like, of here's those. One, yeah, yeah. Here's one. I'd, I'd like an answer for this one, in fact, because, you know, what, whatever. No one's watching this shit. <clears throat> you can turn any movie into a porno with the same cast from the movie. Which movie are you picking? Oh, ooh, okay. Same cast. Yeah, you get all of them though. All of them. Think about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, kind of like <clears throat> the hottest chick movie I can think of. Of course, you, just, <laughs> you deal with the guys. That's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Huh. I mean, do you, do you go? Do you, do, you, do you pick like a, a, a you know a movie that had like a largely female cast, like you know just like Mean Girls? I guess they're all underage. So that might be a little creepy. I don't know. You know, <laughs> or were they all of age? I can't remember. Was that college? No, Mean Girls was high school. What What do you do? Is there a college movie? Like, what do you do? Well, you I think you could just funny college movies. Well, yeah, you could do that. I mean, or you could just, you know, you can go like Matthew McConaughey and, you know, the cool thing about high school chicks is I keep getting older and they keep staying the same age. There's a lot of people like, Gus is a creep. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Or do you just go big for one actress? You're like. That's probably what you know, I would do. I would I would sacrifice the rest. Just go all, because, all in for one actress. Yeah. I mean, my track record shows that I'm not afraid to take some wrong ones also so right okay. just get that okay. one right one finally there we go <laughs> i don't know you know see so yeah this we might if, if we get shitty questions ever i'm just gonna bust this box out yeah and that's gonna be it they can you make them up saying? for us i like that that's yeah. good boom so that what was the piece the, what, what, what was the what was the piece sitting down or go vegan yeah that was the uh, yeah the piece <clears throat> sitting down for the rest of your life or go vegan those are your options damn I probably, I probably have to like pee sitting down. I don't know. I don't think I could go vegan. I mean, even if oh, you I drink do. like two gallons a day, it's still a small portion of your life. You know what I mean? Compared to eating food. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I'd be more worried about what I'm not eating. It's not that I dislike things that vegans eat. It's that yeah. Yeah. all the other stuff. Well, plus know? I'm going with like the literal true definition of vegan too. Yeah. Like, no fucking around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't even get yeah, to have a piece actual. of cake with egg in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because okay. I know I know people that are like I'm vegan, and then they'll just eat a piece of cake. Yeah, <laughs> <And> they're like, <laughs> it's like there's egg in the cake, and they're like, oh wow, well, it's 
<laughs> you're not really vegan. That's that's like me with religion. Vegan. I'm that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Well, the true vegans, I think the original concept of vegan, like if go back before the whole trendy internet age, but I think like true vegans don't wear leather. Like they won't, mm -mm, they won't have no. it. Like, yeah, like they won't wear leather. They won't do anything that has anything to do with an animal product whatsoever. So, you know, yep. it gets, if you're going to be a true vegan, it's hardcore. Like, you know, so you won't buy, a, you won't have leather seats in your car. You won't yeah. like, it's like a big deal. So could you imagine like all the things you don't even think about? You're like, oh shit, do I got to get rid of my couch? Yeah. Gotta yeah. Get you got to get rid of your couch. <laughs> you got to get a, you got to get a wicker couch with a bunch of throw pillows on it. Now we understand where chic belts came from. I was always wondering who the hell wore those things. <laughs> right. Um, the cloth belts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I bought one in Vegas because I forgot my fucking belt. My pants are oh. falling down. I had to go buy a belt real quick. And I bought one of those cloth belts. It was the weirdest fucking thing. I only wore it the one time. I wore it that weekend in Vegas. Never wore oh, it again. God. Yeah. I would have left that in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> What happens in okay. Vegas stays in Vegas, including cloth belts. Including um, cloth belts, yeah. <laughs> really fucking. It was, it was kind of emasculating, to be honest. <laughs> kind of felt like I was a little bit too, like, like I wasn't manly enough. The cloth belt like, really bothered yeah, me. Especially when you got up from peeing sitting down since you're not a vegan. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All that peeing sitting down and wearing a cloth belt. It was really a long weekend for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Terrible. Okay. Okay. What's the news? We got to do news for Ooh. me questions. Do you have any, any, any news? I got news. I got news. Got actually news. I do. Yeah. I actually did some perusing of the, uh, the internets. Perusing. Perusing. Casual surfing. A little casual perusing, uh, for the sake of the podcast, actually. Cause I, I brought up a couple pictures. Number one. So we, we were talking about the Arnold lineup last week by right. the way ron people loved your stories like they loved they loved your bouncer stories like they got everybody i mean and those were good those are good stories but we did get a lot of feedback i, I have that. i have one thing i want to say about the old stories What's especially that? the old bar stories please remember that i'm telling them through because i had someone come up to me and they're like why would you be scared of that guy and i'm like dude i'm telling the story through the lens of a 19 year old kid yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, if I met that guy now, I'd probably just be like, oh, hey, dude. Like, he wouldn't intimidate me like he did. Right? Be like, oh, yeah, hey, what's up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you used to be in Special Forces. Oh, I heard you in Special Forces. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, blah, 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 you know, blah, blah. Like, but obviously, you know, a good story, you're supposed to kind of, like, tell it the way it was I think, at the time. I think most people got that, you know? I think yeah, most some people, people just, that. they don't get that. But we had, so, okay. we had some people say, number one, Brett Wilkin said that they said either a it would be amazing if he were to win and other people said like i can't get on board with that i got a picture of him first of all this is his his current back shot so i figured we could kind of like spy on him a little bit this is where he's at Damn. right now can can this back win the arnold classic well i mean the question itself is you'd have to say yes but you know i don't he's not he's not my pick to win obviously nothing against right. brett he's just go, he's just 
statistically, sure, he's sure. not likely to win. And I, and and I know people. Some people get annoyed with my stats, but they're just it's stats or stats. You know, like how many yeah. how many guys in Brett's position have won the Arnold? Not very right. many, right? Yep. So um, that's how I always look at these shows. It's never it's never really anything to even do with the physique. It's usually I just look at the stats. I'm like, well, yeah. that's extremely unlikely to happen. So, but um, we'll see. We will see. I, His condition looks like it's pretty good. Like, fuck, yeah. he's, I mean, I expect him to look fantastic. I expect him to be improved. Yeah. And yeah. I expect him to be in, in possibly, like, let's say if he had three guys, three or four guys that are in, like, world-class condition above the rest, he's probably going to be one of them. Right. Yeah. And imagine how so, motivated he's going to be. Because, like, going into last year, he didn't know where he, the cards are going to fall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he knows. Yeah. Like, I can stand next to a guy like Hunter. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He got second to Hunter at the show Hunter one, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's, the, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. So I had that shot. And then I had I had a shot. Check this out. Akeem you know, Williams. Hunter. Yeah. Whoa. So, so Akeem's quads there look really sharp. And uh, that's what he needs. He's got so much muscle that... You know, Akeem needs to be hard enough that his back appears hard. You know, yeah. like the harder his back is, the better he places. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. So, seeing his quads are super grainy like that tells me that you know it's pretty likely that he looks pretty fucking awesome from behind too. I mean, I feel like he looks ready now. Right. I mean, from, right. from this shot, from this shot, you know. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's we'll the thing it. is where, where are they actually going to be? And then I think we have to factor, I mean, like Akeem, a prime example. Remember last year, like when it came in, I was like, ooh, those last, like the day, the day of, I, I had Akeem possibly winning the show. Hmm. Um, and then he missed pretty pretty significantly. I think that was the Arnold. Hmm. I might have been the Olympia. But remember, like I had even, I sent you guys both texts and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. They were hotel yeah, yeah. room pictures, you know. So you don't know till the stage happens. And just like last year, I mean, I thought that Nick Walker would do well. I didn't think he would win. Yeah. Right. Um, and he won handily. So, yeah. you know, we, we will see. Yeah. I think the only thing I would argue with Brett's possibility of winning is I don't think anyone is improving faster than he is. Hmm. Yeah. That's so a great like, point. like if I was like a hunter, and, and I'm a huge hunter fan, but they were close last year if – Brett stays on the trajectory he's at, then Hunter is Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? In my opinion. So it's, you know, of course these things change, but if trajectory stays, who knows what, what we're going to see. So that's uh, good. Other than it'll be great. And here's another thing to remember, because, you know, I just mentioned stats and likelihood of things happening. So Nick winning the Arnold was very statistically unlikely because he was a rookie and only one rookie had ever done that. Right. Flex Wheeler was the only other guy to do that. So, um, so Nick overcame like the odds to do that. Mm -hmm. If Brett were to win the Arnold this year, that would be like two years in a row that two unlikely statistically unlikely, not, you know, not that Brett's a rookie, but still not with his previous placings, it would be unlikely for him to come in and grab the Arnold. Um, right. And that would also say something about like a major thing happening, which we all know, but it would just be confirmation of like the new crop of guys. Yeah. Like it's happening fast. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's 
tough out there. It's like, <laughs> it's going to be a battle. Like, you know, you remember when some of these guys first showed up, you'd see the show list and you'd be like, oh, okay, well, there's these, these six veterans are going to be ahead of them. Right. Yeah. Yep. But now you see the show list and you're like, oh, okay, the brand new guy could win. And yeah. <laughs> the, the yeah, guy right that was brand new sure. last yeah. year could win. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's just, it's a crazy time right now. I find the, comp- the level of competition, um, like it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's great. It's great. I mean, these guys compare extremely well with like seasoned vets that have multiple Arnold's like Bonac is in this show and yeah. we're not picking them to automatically win. Brandon right. Curry's in this show and we're like talking about other people possibly winning. Yeah. Right. I think Brandon's you the know? only one to me that if came in correct is, is not beatable by these guys yet. Yeah, um, well, you know, and and I think that that's, I mean, that's based on the the recent history, you know, and well, the his, fact that he's his trajectory yeah. seems to be getting better and better. Also, though, so yeah. maybe not as drastically because he was already so good, but he's you, the only one that I think to. is pretty solid. Whereas I won't. This isn't a shot, but you know, I feel like uh, Bonax kind of been here for a while, and I think in this day and age of the sport, staying here doesn't work anymore. Because so here's, everyone else is coming up. <laughs> here's what I think is going to happen, and this is and well, not 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 what I think is going to happen, but we we might see this happen. This is this is an this is something I thought of. We are so used to seeing Brandon Curry next to Big Ramy, Hottie, Phil Heath, right guys like that. Right. It's possible that he could walk on this stage. And absolutely destroy everybody. Absolutely. And remind us that he's Mr. Olympia. Absolutely. Right. And we have to like we have to keep that in mind. That's a possibility. And yeah. so we'll see, you know, because just think about like what we're used to seeing Brandon next to. Like, yeah, the, well, like he didn't the get, he didn't get dusted colors. at the Olympia for a second. Right. Yeah. You know, if he won the Olympia last year, I wouldn't have blinked. No, I know. Like, so think about like walking into the Arnold think of every other Mr. Olympia walking into an Arnold it's like kind of yeah. a kind of yeah, a joke to mean. them in a way you know yeah. that said I wonder okay so I talked to I had the opportunity to talk with Brandon after he won the Olympia actually before he won the Olympia and then after he won the Olympia now the year that year he competed in the Arnold Look fantastic, like you know, freaking one one of the best Brandon Curry's ever. My yeah. arguably, I would say he might have been that might have been my favorite Brandon ever was at the Arnold that year. And then from there, he moved on to the Olympia, and a lot of people were saying like, "Hey, it's really difficult to win an Arnold and win an Olympia in the same year." And I know that he had trouble, like going into the Arnold, everything was clicking, everything just looked better week after week. Then from there, going into the Olympia, his body wanted to get bigger, and they had to fight and take food away. Instead of feeding him up like they did into the Arnold, they were pulling food out and pulling food out and really pushing him to get that look at the Olympia when he won that still wasn't quite as awesome as the Arnold look. I guess that's my long-winded way of wondering, like, what if, if he's competing at the Arnold this year, what does that mean for him at the end of the season? Right. You know? Yeah. Well, Brandon seems to have, like... Um, figure it out. I think things are a little more figured out. Like that Olympia he won seems like many moons ago for his 
for Brandon Curry. Like he looked mm. better to me now. Yeah, than, that's true. Like the year the year he won the Olympia was wasn't even one of my top three favorite Brandon Currys. Really, right? Well, I thought I I I really had a not a problem. I don't want to say that, but I really was like, man, you know, Mister Olympia this year, great physique, but his quad separation was just so at the Olympia. Yeah. 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 When he went to the Olympia, his quad separation was just so like not there. Like there was no sharp lines in his quads at all. And I thought that was weird. And then he shows up at other shows and like, Oh fuck, he looks way better to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Arnold leading into that. Oh, I thought he was, that was to me, that was my favorite. And part of it was like, I call, I called it and I was there. So I kind of have like some sentimental attachment to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But it was a freaking great show. So I, I don't know. Does does he have it figured out? Is it something that his body would, would physically do, you know? Well, yeah, it's to me very interesting to see. So, you know, that's our, is that our Arnold, our Arnold warm-up? Arnold. I don't know how we got to it, but it was great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting there. I'm looking forward to getting to the Arnold this year. It's going to be fun. So uh, I'm going to Vegas next week to shoot what a, couple episodes of, a couple episodes of Mutant on a Mission. Well, one of them's obvious. Okay, cool. Well, two of them are obvious. I know two of them. That's amazing. Yeah. You didn't even tell me. There you go. I, I, probably, I probably can't say, but I, I know. Right. Without him telling two, me. Two people that we know really well and are really cool guys. Exactly. Very similar, so, Scott, to when, you know, Mutant was getting a new athlete and I was getting a new sponsor, but no one knew who which one was. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so proud that, of myself for knowing both of those. So you guys do, like, Mutant keeps that top secret? Like, you guys don't don't talk about well, what I, the next one will be? Well, it's not really a big deal. I just, okay. I just, I'm I want to wait. I want to wait till I'm like Instagramming, you know. Yeah, I like that little suspense. Yeah, so, see, so I'm excited. You know, everything seems to be lined up, and everything seems to be agreed to. And I, I always get kind of nervous when I've got like, you know, like well, all the episodes is a little bit of nervousness because there has been a couple times where we arrived at the gym to shoot, and the people that were supposed to be receiving us were like not even in the country Oh shit! one time uh, and like totally <laughs> forgot about it. Even though I had like confirmed, like, you know, confirmed like eight days earlier, Yeah, you know, like, Oh yeah, we're deaf. Here's our, you know, here's our arrival. Here's when I'll be there, blah, blah, blah. And then like send a text like that morning, like, Hey, we're, you know, we're on our way from the hotel, you know, look forward to seeing you and you get there and they're not even there. So there's, you know, there's always the odd time that, that uh, you have to scramble at the last minute. So, but everything seems to be good. They're excited to do it. They're looking forward to it. We're just trying to decide what you know body parts we're going to blast. You know, and uh, should be fun. So what, I'll put it post it. What do you like Sorry? training? Oh, what do you like? What do I for those things? Like for for the video? Oh, uh, I'll I'll do anything. I'll do any. I I I mean, obviously, like I don't like just do like hamstrings and calves or something dumb, you know, try to do like things where you can use some of the machines. I do a lot of machines on the mutant on emissions because, you know, you can do free weights anywhere, but you know, it's like, you know, try to try out cool machines and stuff I haven't seen and like homemade shit and all this T bars from 1974. Let's fucking use it. You know, like that sort of thing. So I try to pick pieces that are like that. So I don't really care about the body part as much, but you know, it's fun to go hard. Like, 
you know, I try to spread it out. Like if I've already done back that, you know, if I did back, I'll try to do like shoulders and then chest and, and, you know, try not to do the same body part four times in one season, you know, right. that sort of shit. Right. So just try to like, just try to spread it out, you know? And then sometimes I'll look at the travel schedule too. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be like day six of a brutal trip. I'm going to be yeah. so tired. Maybe we can just do arms. And yeah. I'll like, well, the arms works actually worse for my schedule. It's just, hey, do you want to do arms? Yeah, arms is good. Or if I'm training with an older guy, like maybe, maybe the owner of the gym's like 52 and we're going to train together, I'm not going to like ask him that he has fucking smash legs. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, maybe he doesn't really want to do that anymore or whatever. So, so we'll do shoulders or something like that. So it just depends on who I'm with, you know. So, you know, got to have some fun too. You're back in the mix, man. Just good to have the season back. Yeah, I know. So we've got three episodes already filmed. The first one's out. The second one comes out soon. And uh, and I'm going to have four and five done soon. So I'm excited. So thanks for everyone that watches the show and supports it. We're working on it. You know, there's lots of challenges. you got to arrange a lot of shit. I bet. <laughs> okay. we got Nick Del Toro coming to film these. Everyone oh, knows nice. Nick He's Del awesome. Toro. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick... Nick shoots um, all the American mutant on emissions, and um, he's also come to Canada to shoot the one time, and uh, he also shoots all the gasp stuff. So everything yeah. you see for gasp is shot by Nick, and he shoots a bunch of other shit. Like, what else does he shoot, Dusty? You know more about the Americans <clears throat> that use him. Oh no, I mean, well, he was with MD for a long time. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. He's done yeah. a ton. I mean, that's I met him. I. Th- think through shooting with that uh, yeah we he filmed uh jose and i when we when we uh shot in germany i think um, oh really at, like basement dungeon gym you know the one i can't remember what yeah it's called, yeah muscle but, gym yeah muscle yeah. gym yep okay okay cool yeah he's awesome looking forward to it okay let's do some questions here's one dusty this one's yes. for you okay. increasing your coaching rates You've been a successful coach for a couple of years. How do you go about increasing rates? Um, do you increase them on clients you already have, or do you grandfather those clients in forever? Or how do you how do you handle rates? Um, I mean, I handle rates different than I'm going to suggest this person because they want to raise the rates. Um, but I would I would grandfather everyone for sure. Step number one uh, and two. You charge what you think you're worth. Um, the end. Understanding that you may limit some clientele that way, um, yeah. or you may not. Uh, for me personally, I have had the same rates, God, for seven years, and I have no intention of raising them um, because I base it on how much time I put in and what I think that that's worth. The end. And I also do not want to, because the majority of my clients are not competitors anymore. Majority of my clients are people who have, you know, whatever kind of goals they have, um, you know, basic health fitness, or they, you know, have got great physiques, but they don't want to compete anymore. I don't want to lose clientele that I enjoy working with just for more money. So right. that's the thing you have to decide for yourself is, is what, what you're willing to do, because I could probably charge double what I charge a month, make the same amount of money, work less, but I would lose some of the competitors that, or the, I shouldn't say competitors, some of the clients that I enjoy working with. And I don't want to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Scott? What do you think about rates? 
I'm the wrong person to ask. A, I undercharge, and B, <laughs> I I know it. I know I do. And uh, B, I haven't really raised my prices a ton. But when I have, uh, I feel like you know, you know what? I'll tell you what a a very successful coach told me. He was like, you know. Uh, when you raise your prices, he said, uh, you know, see how it goes. And if you're not happy with it, you can always bring them back down, you know? So, yeah. Know. Yeah. Very I, true. uh, I, I, I charged the same, same rate for a very long time. And then I raised my rate a bit to purposely cut down a little bit. Yes on on my workload because of the gym and everything i was like because i'm so busy with the gym and these and also still doing stuff with mutant and this and that my time Mm -hmm. is pinched a little bit so i did raise my rates a bit um and uh yeah everyone seemed you know obviously i grandfathered everyone in that was already on the old rate but everyone knew i started just using a, a new rate and you know plus inflation up here has been fucking crazy like, yeah, it is everywhere, man. <laughs> you know, you know how much drop-ins are now at gyms. It's like twenty to thirty dollars for drop-ins. No kidding. So American, yeah, that's yeah. like seven bucks. Uh, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, like a, like a seven, like a fifteen-dollar drop-in, Dusty. Yeah, but no, but seriously, it, it is drastic now. But I think that I, I think that the person asking is probably where we were a long time ago, where. Um, right. I've trained people for free for like two and a half years because I really, I I didn't know that I knew enough to charge. It was Hmm. really that simple. Um, And then once I knew I did, I inched it up. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, a hundred bucks a month, you know? And what's funny is, you know, now my max is two fifty a month. So to me, that's really inexpensive um, because when I train people in the gym, you know, it was minimum of 80 an hour. So it's like, you know, in my mind, you know, for, for everyday people, like if you're not in prep, I only charge you 200 a month. Um, Right. That to me makes sense based on time and knowledge and good to go for me. And I highly doubt that will ever change. I'll just eventually stop coaching. (laughs) That's my long-term business game plan is just to stop (laughs) one day. Okay. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, hey, there might be a day where you just want to stop for a bit. I I had to stop like when when I uh, took the job with Mutant and moved out here. Mm-hmm. That was actually part of the motive motivation was I just needed a break from coaching as many people as I was. I was like, you know what, I could take this full time job, get paid this good salary, and cut my clients way down to like under ten people, and actually just coach for fun and make mm-hmm. some side money with it and still make a, like a normal job, you know? So that was part of the sort of like rebuilding my coaching, I guess. Cause like it used to be such a local thing when I lived in Alberta, I had so mm-hmm. many people around me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was all like, I was seeing them everywhere and like, it was just, it was, it, it got to be like a lot, but when I moved out here, I you know, made the shift and now most of my clients are online. So it's, it's uh, like a totally different type of, of monster than it was when I was living in Alberta, but I needed that, that step back. Like, okay, like what type of coaching do I really want to do? You know? Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. But yeah, you just got to charge what you think you're worth. See if they pay it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
jobs stereotypical bodybuilders and gym bros would be the worst and best at stereotypical jobs worst at well i know one that i hated i've mentioned this before but the worst job i ever had was working for a moving company oh god yeah oh my god were you in prison yeah (laughs) who does that that wasn't in jail (laughs) right right If someone calls me like a friend and they're like, oh, hey, will you help me move? I'm like, absolutely. I will pay for part of the movers. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not fucking coming there and lifting your couch. Asshole. Yeah. I worked for a moving company. (laughs) My my friend talked me into it. One of my best friends, his uncle owned like a really big moving company. And he's like, hey, come work for me. Me and my uncle, come work with me for the summer. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, it's not bad. It's easy. It's moving. There's lots of couches, but a lot of time driving around in trucks and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Then I went and did it. And I was yeah, he basically lied to me, tricked me into working for his yeah. uncle's moving company. And then I felt and then I felt like I had to work there for like at least a couple of months because I was like, ah oh, fuck, you know, his uncle like gave me this job, like didn't even interview me, like took me right away. They don't you know interview what I mean? anyone for that job. They do yeah, a yeah, you know what I mean? Well, you know, I just felt like I was obligated. <laughs> felt like I was obligated to work there. Yeah. Guys, remember funny. this is the same as his story earlier. Remember this through a nineteen year old lens. Yeah, no, I would never do that. Now. Been like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. Yeah, one hour. Like, this is the job. <laughs> no, there, there were a lot of days. There were a lot of days that were actually all right, but then there were just the nightmare days that ruined it. Like there'd be there'd be eight hour shifts where we'd move like a lady out of her condo, and you use dollies and the elevator for the whole move, and yeah. it was pretty fucking not really that bad. And then there would be a day where. You know, you drive an hour and a half out of town with these fucking guys who smoked in the truck. And then you'd move like a five bedroom house into right. a giant semi. And it would, you'd work until 7 p.m., just lifting shit up like brutal, just ma- the worst manual labor all day. And then you'd drive another hour and a half back to town and you'd get home at nine o'clock at night. Fuck. And you'd yeah. stink like cold, you'd stink like cigarettes. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, I fucking hate this fucking job, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. the worst. And what I'm about best? Best jobs for bodybuilders? A security job where they just watch an empty parking lot. and can eat their Yeah, like a real lazy. So I knew a bodybuilder who had like a patrol job. He was like a security guard that like drove around yeah. on, a, on a patrol. Yeah. And I mean... Everything was just designed around places that he parked and ate meals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and he'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you know, I work, you know, work a 12-hour shift last night. And I'm like, so you just sit in the car for 12 hours? He's like, yeah, nothing ever happens. Like, ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ever. You know? And yeah, well, the like, funny thing about the those jobs is they don't want you to do anything if it does happen. Yeah. Your no, you're not even like, allowed to do anything now. <laughs> yeah, call the cops and film it or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and he just drive around and, like. It's just funny, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the that's the major one. I, I just I know for me, and I don't know it's stereotypical, but like I always think of things like I respect like waiters and waitresses so much. I could never. They're on their feet all day. They're making like two bucks an hour and based purely on tips of cheap assholes. Like, and now the system is out to destroy that whole yeah. that yeah. whole way of living. You know, yeah. it's completely backwards. Then, 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 add insult to injury. Now they're drastically understaffed, so everyone's mad at them all day long. Like, yeah, no, 
I would. I think that that would be a terrible job, especially if you were dieting, because I would yell at someone or kill them right in the right. restaurant. For sure. Yeah. See, I really <laughs> like. I, I know that I I worked as a bartender and I worked as a server in a restaurant for six mm-hmm. months. And I bartended for a long time and I bounced and all that. So I love the tip culture. I really think it's a shame that we're let you know the government is essentially trying to destroy tip culture because it wants to capture all the taxes, right? Yeah. So the government understands how this works. They raise a minimum wage. The restaurants have to raise their prices. Yep. Now the customers are going to tip less. So now tips fade away and the wage gets captured on the paycheck and it gets collected as income tax. It's all mm. like, it's exactly what they're doing. If they can get the minimum mm. wage to 20 bucks, no one will tip anything at all. Right. And they'll be able to capture taxes on 100% of everybody's income. So we have to remember why they do this. It's not because they're trying to make things better. They're trying to destroy tip. And you have to remember that classic scene in Reservoir Dogs at the beginning when Mr. Pink doesn't want to throw in his dollar. And, yeah. and, and Mr. White says, he said, you know, waitressing is the number one occupation for non-college graduate single mothers in America. It's the only job that virtually anyone can get and make a living on. And the reason is because of the tips. So it's like one of the last refuges where someone can like start over, get, you know, put a kid through school as a single mom, like all that stuff. I knew a lot of single mom waitresses that made like decent money and good for them. But now that that's destroyed. Now you can't just have a serving job and, you know, it just doesn't work like that anymore. So I just, you know, I see it as like a, a casualty of the, you know, of the way things have gone, losing that. I think stuff. it's so funny, though, because it's, it's, I mean, I understand the, I understand what you mean and you're correct. But to me, if you can't go to dinner and tip properly, then you shouldn't go to fucking dinner. I don't care what it costs. Right, right. It's part of the meal is $700 that I am very aware that minimum I owe 20% of that to this guy. Yeah. You have to also, the, my main concern, I mean, I'll, I'll always be a, a, a good tipper because of what I did in the industry, but um, you have to remember that the new generation, a lot of them, they see tipping as like a, that it gets ridiculous to them. Huh. Right. And it's, and you have to, like, the, it is going to go away. It is going to fade yeah. away. You know, as, as we die off, the new generation are going to be like, uh-uh, I'm not playing this game. Yeah, and it's really, is, you know. It's so comical. I, I get yeah, that yeah. though when I go to places like I went and got takeout before the show, and they were like, "How much do you want to tip?" And I'm like, "Nothing." You're handing it to me, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't tip McDonald's either. Like, no. Yeah, there's you kind know? of some abuse I think of the tip system nowadays because you see that you know it'll be like a donut shop where they have. The tip and jar, the tip and, they, and they just like, yeah, they just they just pour coffee in and hand it to you. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for like like Starbucks tipping, but if I go to like Tim Hortons, uh, to me, that's not a tip place. That's more like a McDonald's place. And well, you my know opinion, they're making you know? the hourly wage that they're yeah that they agreed to at a place like that, and it's not two bucks an hour or whatever it is for waiters and waitresses now. But like, that's their deal. Is yes, they get less guaranteed money. Yeah. You know, so yeah, those places, I you know I never do unless they're like exceptional to the point that I'm like, wow. Like if they bring their your coffee out to you every day at Starbucks, yeah, just, just a little shakers, right. you know, which yeah, I she done sucks for a long your dick, time. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, it yeah. depends on how good she is at it. Um, uh, 
Right. <laughs> I rate everything around here. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, what else we got, Ron? You got good questions. Okay. Have you ever purposely – this one's for me. Have you ever purposely not aligned the plates just to piss off Dusty? Yes, he has. I've definitely done that. In fact, yesterday I did something, and and I want. I'm so glad this came up because I made a mental note to talk about something yesterday, and now I just got reminded of it. This is awesome. So, yesterday we were doing this Atlantis plate loaded chest press, and I wanted to put a ten pound on each side. So I went to the rack that was closest and I grabbed two tents and now they didn't match, but one, they really didn't match because most of the tens in our gym, like almost all of them are 10 pound plates, but this one was a five kilo plate. Oh, so fuck. it was 11. It's not pounds. actually 10 pounds. <laughs> right? Because there's like just a couple of five kilo plates just dusted into the mix, right? Just to remind everyone that the rest of the world uses kilos. <laughs> and uh, so I had a five kilo plate in one hand and a 10 pound plate in the other hand. And I thought to myself, I'm okay with this. And I put them on put the machine. The, did you put the five kilo on your stronger side? No, I didn't think about it. I just threw them on. I don't even remember which one went on which side. Holy I just threw shit, them on. That's crazy. And I decided that I like those little differences because it keeps life interesting. <laughs> keeps my body keeps my body like, you know, I want those little challenges. I want just a little bit of variation in my training. And I was okay with I'm gonna it. Remember I remember that tell when we were training in Columbus. I got to tell he, Dusty about this. Just I can't tiny little, little rowing. And he puts a three forty fives on one side, and I do two forty fives and a thirty five. And I'm like, it's a tiny difference, brick. Row that. Yeah. No, son, that, that's a larger difference. I'm telling you, this is little, this little, just a little bit. You know, oh just god! I just thought that would Dusty would lose his mind. He would lose his mind. I, I would I would rather Scott like this is this is the the true scenario. Eat sitting down for the rest of your life <laughs> for sure, <laughs> and be a vegan. <laughs> No, I, I would I would probably okay if I couldn't find two tens that matched, I would put two fives two that didn't match on each side. Each yeah. Side. yeah. <laughs> like we're good. <laughs> These are the same. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I even look at the I cannot believe that he has four cookies on there, but he does. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Is that what you call a five as a cookie? That's the two and a half. Now I went to two four and a half. side now. I took it further. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK, you'll get some savings, you'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Okay, here's another one. Does too little volume exist if you're still growing? No. Right? 
not that's my answer. Something's working. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so if you're doing like legitimate Mike Menser, like right out of the book, three days a week, one set per body part, pretty much, and you're growing, fucking a, you just got more time to what lounge around, watch we'll, an extra we'll TV show. It. I look at it like results. Like if someone, it's like when people say, "What what do you want to weigh?" I'm like, "What's what I yeah. want to look like." So yeah. if I walked out and people were like, oh, my, what are you, 290? I was like, no, 195. I'd yeah. be okay with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I look like I'm two fucking 90. Like, yeah. I'm going to whip the shit out of these light heavyweights right now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, very. That's, that's the way I look at that. Like, yeah, if you're getting results, that's amazing. I mean, how you found something and you're out of there quicker, you can go eat snacks. Love it. Yeah, and and now's a good time to remind remind a lot of people, not that like you know again, not ever claiming I had the best way of doing things, but I trained four days a week, one hour a day, like I did very low volume Dorian Yates right out of the video, like just like he does on Blood and Guts. I did those same workouts. I did that for like the better part of a decade straight, and put on a hundred pounds. Yep. So, you know, I I still have to remind everybody of that when they're like, I want to be huge. And I'm like, okay, well, you're 190 right now. Why are you training six days a week, three hours a day? Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe that's not the best way. You know what I mean? And I still see a lot of guys doing that. No days off. Okay. Well, I trained four <laughs> hours a week. And right. then I probably spent 40 hours a week eating. Yeah. <laughs> And put on a hundred pounds in ten years, and like that's pretty fucking efficient with your training. So I'm not saying I had the best way of doing things. I still had weak body parts, blah 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 blah. But a hundred pounds is a lot of weight, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard to get your head wrapped around that, though. You know what I mean? It's hard to think like, "Hey, I'm going to listen to this guy," because you know you want to work harder to make more progress. It's like you know that's that's what we do. We grind harder, push harder, do more, more sets, more reps. It's hard, you know, it's hard. It's even hard for me to really, to always remember that, you know? Well, think about how often in your career, and I know you've done this, Ron, and I absolutely have, where you've gotten results in a certain way, and then you need something to come up. And then for some reason, your moron mind goes, we'll just do more. Yeah. More is rarely the answer. Right. Like, Do that's it better. the thing I remind people, like more is rarely the answer. So get that out of your head. But in the same sentence, I will tell you, I have done that multiple times in my career where all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I'm training five, six days a week. Whereas some of the best gains of my life were when I was doing the two-way DC split training Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That was it. Right. They weren't short workouts. I mean, because of the what I was doing, I was probably in the gym for a minimum of 90 to 120 minutes, but yeah, two hours days a week. Yeah, yeah. So you know you're still at six hours a week. Yeah, six and, that, hours but, a week and then and training. then you find yourself, you know, somewhere along your career. Oh shit! Now I'm training 12 hours a week and wondering why I'm not getting the same results. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I still love like the odd time someone will like mention an exercise and ask me what I think of them, and I'll be like, I don't know, I've never done those. <laughs> And they're like, you've never done those? I'm like, no, I've just never done them. And they're just like, how? And I'm like, oh, I just didn't think they 
looked that efficient. So I never bothered. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just my mindset was always on like what exercises do the most damage. How can I make this the most efficient workout? You know, that sort of thing. And that was always the, the, the goal. So that's another factor too, you know, keep that in mind, you know, assuming some of our audience actually wants to get huge. You know. Most of them do not anymore. I've learning. You know what's weird too, those uh, with both of you guys that I found was with COVID and ending up in a small gym. Um, I didn't even realize this until literally like a week ago. I was just clearing out because I have all these videos that I post on Instagram. I just don't delete them. I have way too right. much shit on my phone, so oh, I was yeah, bored. And I'm like, oh, let me go back and delete some videos. So I went back and I realized that when I walked into Muscle Factory and started using just barbells again. I saw a set of me doing um, doing dead stop rows with three sixty five, and I got like nine, which isn't bad. But realizing that when I trained there for basically a year and a half straight and didn't have access to other stuff, JP and I were racing to four hundred five for twenty. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so that's what happens when you do the same thing every week to every other week you get fucking strong on it like hmm. it's it's drastic you're like oh wait so i added you know 50 pounds or whatever 40 pounds and then also added i ended up getting i got 19 ones so 10 reps good god you know i i really like you know if you just had to simplify something and like not try to overly explain it but just give somebody a concept just throw it into their brain and just let it rattle around it would be the kind of default concept of, you know, starting. I like every second. Some people do every third, some people, whatever, but I like starting every second workout. So, like every second chest day, every second mm-hmm. leg day, every second shoulder day, or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. I like starting every second workout with the same exercise and trying yeah. to progress on it. And then mm-hmm. the next workout, I might not worry as much about what I start with. Um, I'll still have numbers in my head like, oh, this exercise, I typically use this weight. I'm going to try and be really strong on it today, blah, blah, blah. But it's at every second workout, there's that key exercise like hack squats. Right. And you're you're super focused on the progression of the strength on that movement. Mm-hmm. And you push it and push it and push it. And you get, you know, let's say six, eight weeks, 10 weeks or whatever you get where you make some progression on it consistently. You get a rep, you get a rep, you get a rep. And then you level out and you, and you can't seem to progress again. That's when you switch the exercise. Right. And you, cause you switch the exercise and obviously you're going to be able to progress right away. Cause it's an exercise you're now starting with. So you're fresh, you're kind of calibrating your weights, but psychologically it's also really positive because you make progression on it, you know, cause you're, 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 you're getting better at the movement. Right. Yeah. And so you kind of get a bit of a, a run into progression on that exercise too. And you keep that going for a couple months. And then if you taper off on that and plateau and can't seem to gain again, you switch, switch the exercise again. So you're always chasing progression of strength on something. That's a great way to just bring up a body part over time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you yeah. do that constantly, you're always getting stronger at something. Just think it has to have a carryover to your muscle mass. Yeah, I know you guys have both heard Dante say that. Like, you know, if if you are, I don't know, benching, I say that because none of us bench. If you're benching 315 for 10 and in the future you're benching 405 for 15, I promise you're bigger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You know, so that's the like that's the most easy way to make it make sense. It's not to say that someone else might not be bigger than you who can bench less, but it's just you will have gotten bigger if you've gotten mm-hmm. drastically stronger. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I, I love that. Like you said, I agree. I think that's why I've always stuck with simple because it works. When yeah. I see things get really complicated, I just am like, ah, it's gravity. It's not, there's no reason to fuck with it that much. What else you got? I agree. Well, you got one. You want to go? I mean, I got a bunch, but I don't know who's, you had a question box up the other day. I saw you hammering your Instagram. Yeah, well, I was actually doing one just now. I, I started answering some of these already, but I just like yours because they were they were they were directed to the show, which made me excited. Because um, I just leave them up generically and then answer them later. Um, <laughs> okay. What? Okay, here's um, a good one for to cover for for bodybuilding stuff, and I'd like to get your guys' info in on this. Anyways, what are the top health supplements to use while you're on? Top health supplements to use while you're on. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, damn, that's good. Um, I don't. I really like Cardatone. Of course. I I just I don't know if that's one of the top. Oh, how many? How many is it? Top three? You just said no. Just top supplements. Yeah. Oh, top supplements. So so Cardatone. I I I see a lot of guys feeling like they have to take like these liver and kidney supplements, like they're like, mm. oh my God, you know, I'm starting my cycle. So I got to buy, like, I got to spend $200 on this and this and this. And I'm like, well, what's your cycle? And they're like 250 test and 40 Anivar. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not really sure you need to spend $250 on all these fucking herbs. You're probably just fucking fine. You're 23 right. years old. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to some degree. Everybody wants, it's like almost kind of in vogue to like, have to take all these supplements and manage your blood work. And yes, obviously we're very big proponents of being healthy, but not everybody's trying to turn pro and they're in their thirties and all that sort of thing. Like if you're just like a dude that does the odd cycle of test or something, you're probably going to be fine. You probably don't need to spend a whole bunch of money on all this stuff. But um, that's just my little, like got to throw that out there. Um, But as far as like, being on and taking sups, I would say, uh, cardatone. Um, I would say astrologus. Absolutely. I really like astrologus. How's that one? Um, that's kind of kidney realm. I was going to say, which is kidney. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is kidney realm. And then, uh, I like, uh, a Tudka NAC liver support, mm-hmm. um, or milk thistle, silly marin or whatever they call it. Um, yep. I would take something like that. And uh, I'm always on fish oil on or off. You got to take fish oil. A really good quality wild fish oil is is recommended. Um, I take vitamin K, which is heart related. Yep. Um, very good for you. What else do you think, Scott? I don't know. Add uh, vitamin D. That's one I would oh, throw it in there. Yeah. That's, Especially. Re- I always take it. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, that's beyond like cycling, but especially. <clears throat> Uh, vitamin D gets depleted when you use anabolic steroids. And I discovered that firsthand. I uh, I ran a long, long prep, like from February through November. It was like all prep. And so I was on, you know, some gear for a little while. 
And after that, I was feeling really tired, like really fatigued. I've told this story on other podcasts, and I was literally like sitting on podcasts, and I'd start like nodding out. And I'm like, no, I'm not not interested. I'm just, I don't know why. I'm just like sitting here working, and I'd like start nodding out. I right. thought like, oh, that's got to be like my thyroid or something, you know? And yeah. I checked it all out. Thyroid is good. And then I found out it was my vitamin D. And from having been on for an extended time, my D was getting depleted. Um, and I started supplementing with it. And like literally that day, it was fixed. Like from that day forward, it was fixed. Um, but, you know, obviously D is good for everyone, especially like, you know, living in Vancouver or Detroit. You know, we're not getting a lot of sun. <laughs> but even if you are, you're, you know, you're not using it right. You know, if you're if you're and- in a lot of gear. Also, I mean, for the last two years, every single person should have been on vitamin D because it was one of the clear markers in, you know, surviving any sort of bad COVID yeah. that you might have gotten. You know, that was one of the big ones was vitamin D was connected to a lot there. So I definitely recommend vitamin D as well. I always take it. Um, I've mentioned before that I had some skin cancer removed in 2013. It was mm-hmm. basal cell carcinoma. So it wasn't it wasn't melanoma. But uh, when I had my blood work done, my vitamin D level was a little low. And, you know, obviously I don't get a lot of sunlight. I was living in Edmonton, which is winter, fucking six months of the year. Um, And I was already taking vitamin D. I remember I was like, I'd always took a couple a day. It was like Mm -hmm. something I always did. But that's when I started taking like 6,000 a day. Yes. Yeah. And I remember I even talked to Meadows about it because I yeah. asked him, I'm like, hey, man, I just this just happened. And, you know, how much vitamin D would you recommend? And he was like, oh, I'd take five to 10,000 a day. Right. So I remember that's when I started taking like a lot of vitamin D was 2013. And so now when I get my blood work done, you know, I go see a dermatologist every year or two just to double check. And um, my vitamin D levels are in range now because they were low. They were low. They were like below range on the scale. So it was right. that was something I did to correct. And so. When COVID came and they were telling people to use vitamin D, I was like, oh, I'm already on it. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Take heaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I would add then was um, I think citrus bergamot something that not enough people use. Um, that'll lower your blood sugar immediately um, by like 10 to 20 points. Uh, it'll also lower cholesterol. Um, you know, so that's key. And then um, ubiquinol is another one, heart uh, health. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that to me is a must, especially if you've been in the game for any length of time. That's something that heart risk is something that you shouldn't mess with. So, and for what it costs, well worth taking, you know, and yeah. you're not taking a ton. That's the only thing I hate is taking so many pills. Yeah. Um, it, you know, those are the ones that I think are almost like musts. Especially how do you old shit like me? How do you take your pills? Like I just you know I just split them, so I've got one of those week long deal, right? And then it's AM PM. Like I'm not nearly as specific as they tell you to. Everything right. that's in the morning, bam, all down. Everything in the afternoon, all down, all at once. I know there's a couple you, in there that are like, oh, don't take this with food. I'm like, fuck off. They all go down now. <laughs> do, <laughs> do you? How how many pills can you put in your mouth and swallow at once? All of them. Are you super Doesn't careful now? How many there are? No. <laughs> <laughs> no lessons learned. <laughs> no lessons learned. No lessons. So I can this fucking. This is the guy I who can... went straight to a steakhouse after trying to kill himself. <laughs> so I can have like I can fill a coffee mug like half full of pills. Oh god! I just pour it in my mouth. Yeah. And just yeah. Gulp it down with water. But I, 
I purposely tried to cut down. I do two like two mugs with men, like far less pills in them. I do like two shots now after you almost <laughs> choked to only death. 17 pills each swallow now. Yeah, it's so only 17 <laughs> now instead of 34 all at once. But you remember, uh, when, every... you remember when Universal had like the packs? Oh, God. And it was yeah. like 11 oh, yeah. for the animal pack and then yeah, yeah. the cuts. I used then to you're open adding little stuff. packages and just pour them in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For terrible. $700, I felt that I was healthy. And I had yes. no idea what I was taking. I was just taking everything that animal told me to. But your pee was like that electric green oh color. So you God. knew it was doing something. You know what I mean? Hello, you know Gatorade you're growing. Right you know there. you're healthy. Yeah. You're like, baby, come look at this pee. Come look at this pee. <laughs> Why do you, you know? keep dumping it's... yellow Gatorade down the tr- That's not what yeah, that yeah. is. I'm pissed. Look how expensive my pee is. <laughs> <laughs> this is how much didn't stay with me. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah, a yeah. terrible person to ask because I do take a lot of stuff again so i'm like oh oh the must-haves shit <laughs> okay here's one your phone has the internet from 10 years in the future what do you search for first i don't mind oh so do i price of bitcoin yeah, I was gonna say. Oh it's yeah, more than a crypto. Right, fucking now. Let's see what's going on. Let's fucking <laughs> and, and, see this. And, yeah. and then I would immediately start buying what I needed to. Oh, buy. Oh <laughs> yeah, you just you search the top ten crypto. By the way, I'm doing that now. On. I don't know if you guys have been doing that, but I'm just buying stuff. I so I I will admit I have been re- I have been relentlessly buying the dip. Nice. Like every like, <laughs> yeah. I bought. You do the same thing. I just doubled what I had in, in everything. I just doubled it. I was like, all right, well, this is either gonna hurt or not, but we're doing this. Yeah, I'm either gonna learn a lesson or it's Lambos <laughs> or food stamps, isn't that the name? <laughs> well, I, I so thing, I put those, I put a pretty good chunk. Your plans for me, so I'm like, oh, they're just gonna sit there. So on the first big drop, I put about 25 mm-hmm. percent more in. Right. And then it dropped again. And I was like, okay, I'll put in another good chunk. You got to buy the dip. Yeah. And then the third drop. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this for a little while. I watched it. <laughs> and it went and I read a lot. And I thought, and I thought, okay, you know what? I, I, I can play this game. And I fucking put like 50% more in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So now so, I've so like easily. Exactly what I did just in a different way. <laughs> So the the funny part is is like my portfolio is fifty percent what it used to be, but I've doubled the amount of money I put into it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you've but, doubled how much is in, and you have less in. <laughs> have less in, but now it's like when it goes back to the like if it finds a new all time high. That's what I did. It'll be I did the opposite. Next, yeah, I wasn't watching, Ron. You'll love this. I wasn't even watching. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch. I already know it's terrible. And then one day it popped up on my screen. And it was like, <clears throat> I can't remember which one it was, but it was super low. And I was like, fuck, that's terrible. And I went and I spent 10000 more that day. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah, bam. It's, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I don't recommend people spend money they can't afford to lose, but I have no children. <laughs> I have no children. No one is depending on me to make smart decisions. Emily does well for herself, you know. Yeah, no, that's, I could that's like, funny, but that's that's yeah. literally, I was like, well, all of this, it's it's funny. I literally had this conversation. I'm like, if it all disappears, I'll be like, fuck, that sucks. Yeah. But oh, well. I'll be like, man. Then, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Oh, well. But if it does what it might do, I'll be like, how smart was that shit? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. 
I got, I got, I, I didn't, I, I didn't go all in because there could be another drop, and I might have to buy another dip. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I've, I've I held back. So a bit. Big like, bef- I've lost so big before that it's, it's. I'm not even close to that realm, so we're good. Right, right, right. You know? yeah, yeah. I lost two hundred yeah. over two years once, so I'm like, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have that much in there. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. The bottom line is, the bottom line is, is if things just go back to where they were at some point. Yeah, I, I will be. I will be way in the green, way in the green. So I'll, I'll be, you know, even if they go two thirds back to where they were, the the, right. the growth of what I put in will be a payoff. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm not too worried. It can do whatever it does. It's, it's a, it's a volatile animal. So <laughs> yeah, I love that we answered so. the same thing and then just derailed the question completely. We left. Sorry about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that just tells you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even look like. I don't know. If if you gave me a phone from the future for like one hour, and then took it away from me and checked the search history, yeah. you'd be like, "Which one place? <laughs> you care like you care about like two things." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why did you look? Yeah, that you you would immediately realize what I'm doing because it would be that and and the history of of uh, sporting events, and then you'd know what right. I get betting on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be looking at sports history, crypto prices, and then just general economic news. Like, is there like a depression coming? Like, do do fifty yeah. percent? Do I really need to buy another house right now, or is that stupid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Well, yeah, yeah. Look at real estate prices. It would all be economy stuff. There wouldn't be any social, like yeah. you know, I wouldn't be seeing how people are doing. Yeah. Exactly. How are people doing? I don't know. <laughs> I am shocked that Rogan's the president, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. President Rogan seems to be doing a good job. So, okay, okay. What else? Do you got one? Am I going? I got one. Go. What's the What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in a gym locker room? Oh my god. Huh. Okay, I don't. I don't have the weirdest. I wouldn't say this is the weirdest thing, but it's 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 something that I enjoyed. So I used to train with two DEA guys, and we would watch every morning. We trained at four in the morning. We'd watch this guy come in, like not dressed for the gym, go straight to the locker room with a coffee cup, and then come out without a coffee cup, hang around for a bit, and leave every day. And we would just laugh because he was obviously delivering. Shouldn't say every day, but regularly. So uh, one day we're in the locker room and, and Quentin, one of the guys, is like, dude, I am smoked. And we we're getting ready to start. And this guy looks over and he just happened to be in there. And he was like, well, if you need things to kind of get you going, I could, I could help you out with that. And he goes, yeah, I've seen the coffee cup routine, but with my job with the DEA, I just don't think that that's going to be good for us. <laughs> And the dude just goes blank and then walks out. And I'm like, well, obviously this guy doesn't understand how DEA works. You could tell him that he has drugs on him. He doesn't want your, you know, small amount of cocaine. He needs like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it was just, this guy's not filling out paperwork for you. Yeah. Yeah, It's not happening, but I just remember watching it every day. And I'm like, I love when people think that they're being sneaky. In the most blatant way possible. You might as well have a fucking sign that says, just dropping off some drugs real quick. Yeah. And then I'm going to go, maybe next time don't wear flip-flops. Just a thought. Right. I mean, I know. Yeah. 
But yeah, he, that was that was, that was did the he thing. come back after that? Was that like the last time? I he, think that might have been the last yeah, time we seen I, him. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I bet. He's like, this place is getting too hot. You know, yeah. they're uh, onto like, us. We might have to work something else. He started coming in with a pizza thing from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Four in the morning, delivering pizza. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Terrible drug deals in the locker room. There's some terrible drug deals. I've seen like, a lot of drug guys, deals in the locker room. Oh, yeah. Over the years, I've seen like, Jesus, fuck. It's just like, you know. You know what also amazes me about things I've seen in the locker room? And I didn't actually see it happen, but like syringes. I'm like, you don't have to take them here. Why are you using your drugs in the locker room? Like, what is happening? That's not how they work. (laughs) I got to take this now so I can go bench real quick. I'm going to be stronger. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's fucking lame. People that take a shot. Well, they're taking shots in the gym locker room, which is just stupid. Like, you don't have have to do that. Take your shots at home. And if you're doing the little insulin shots, like you're trying to time your IGF or whatever, just do it in the fucking car. Yeah. Like, why do you have to do that in the gym? It's so stupid. So I'll tell a story about a gym that I trained at. There was a fucking, like, it was really pretty rough. And uh, there was, like, a hole in the wall in one of the stalls. Like, it just was cracked or smashed or someone had put their elbow through it or something. Anyways, years went by. And the guy went to do renos. And when they opened up the wall, the wall was, like, full of fucking syringes. Like, Holy had shit. like a thousand syringes in it. Everyone had been taking their shots and then just thrown it in the hole in the wall. They'd filled, well, it might have been one guy for 10 years. Who fucking knows? They literally filled the wall with needles. And so That's they were amazing. just like blown away, blown away that this many fucking needles have been thrown in this fucking hole. So, you know, they had to get like the construction guys were like, uh, can you guys take care of this? Uh, we don't know what to do. And they like showed them the open wall and it's just fucking packed full of needles. So they had to clean shit. it out. But yeah, like, you know, there's people out there that would do that. Just like, yeah, so- out of sight, out of mind. I can't remember what gym it is, but Skip, Skip Hill. He said that yeah. it, it might be, ah, I don't want to say the name because it might not be that gym, but he said his gym, they have a sharps container in the bathroom. Because he said, because they just kept flushing them. Everybody was flushing syringes and destroying the plumbing. So they're like, we had to put a sharps container in. Right. That makes sense. Like, um, yeah. I would do that too, but I'm also just fascinated. It's it's like my gym has a sign that says, don't put your gum in the urinal. I'm like, why do you need a sign that says that? Yeah. There's yeah. like, barbarians you know, out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would never in my mind go, well, maybe I should just throw the syringe it's gone. The fucking toilet. Just boop, it's gone. You hit Would the you throw it in your house like that? And I'm sure the answer is yes. So it whatever. Disappears, Dusty. <laughs> it's gone. From the moment right. you press the button, it's not your problem anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't gone. matter. He's like, I rent every year. It's fine. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. God, that, I could see that. It's a mirror. Ron's over there like having a panic attack because he owns a gym. He's a like, great yeah. guy. He's like, I can't tell everybody what I've seen in our gym. <laughs> no, no. You know, it's funny though, like the commercial gyms actually have sharps containers in them now. Like you go to like mm-hmm. a lot of the good lifes, you go in the stalls and there's sharps containers. But that's because all the gym bros that train at those gyms are doing their little, you know, gotta time my peptides and you know, all that stuff. And they just say, Oh, it's for all the diabetics that train here. You know? huh. Yeah. It's good so, thinking. They're like, we have a lot of diabetics. This fucker's full every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. You do one. You got one? I always got some. All right. Let's see here. <clears throat> okay. Sorry. I was, I was, I was derailed just letting you do. Have you noticed for the last couple episodes, Scott, I just let him do everything. I do nothing. Wait, just the last couple? <clears throat> yeah. Well, all of them. <laughs> hey, I'm the one that brings up the questions for him to answer. You, you have. Stories. You have, actually. Yes. I, have, I just toss in my ring the bell and I'm fucking out of here. We're good to go. <laughs> okay. okay. <clears throat> all right. I know we've answered this, but it gets asked so often. So I want to I want to touch it for anyone else. Um, tips on how to get uh, better following on social media and future sponsorships. And I want to touch that piece because Ron, you you have helped a lot with like people come in and you suggest as sponsorships, and you've also had people that are probably very well known that you have not suggested for sponsorships. So. How did you kind of go about that? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on the brand. So, like, it has to start with the brand. You could like somebody all you want, but if you just don't think they fit with the brand, then it's hard to, like, envision what you would do with them, how, how you would use – you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there might be someone out there that you think is fucking awesome and really sponsorable, but just not with this brand. Right. <laughs> Right. So that's possible too. So there's people out there that are like, Hey, you know, I've got this many followers and I got this and this and this, do you think mutant will be interested in that? And I'm like, huh? Well, I can't see them as a mutant, but I can right. definitely see them getting paid really well by like this other company or this company. Right. Right. So that's part of it too. So, um, but a big thing is like, how do I, a little bit of a hack companies are, everyone's fucking busy. Things are crazy right now. People are a little short-staffed. A lot of people aren't, like, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. You have to make their life easy. Sure. Try your best to make their life easier. That's a good place to start in today's climate because I find from being a business owner and all that stuff, there's some people just, if you're not easy to deal with, I just don't have time. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're not going to, you know, <clears throat> respond to stuff if you're not going to like you know it, just that sort of thing just you got to be easy to deal with that's one thing mm -hmm. but also you have to be easy to integrate into the brand so if you're already using that brand and you're already doing something to show that brand that you're interested then it it's a lot harder to justify like it's always easier to justify someone if they're already doing something to show their interest in the brand mm -hmm. you know what i mean like, do you remember when Gabe got on with Mutant? He, like, bought all the shirts and did all the videos and, like, really tried to get their attention. And that, right. like, really got... They were like, this fucking guy is awesome. He went way out of his way to, like, do all this stuff to be a mutant, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it, you know? That's something you could try. Love it. What do you think, Scott? Also on the... And I know we've covered this, but on the social media front, because I feel like that's... You have a really good view of, of what kind of uh, catches uh, people's attention too. Same thing with the shows because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would like to be on all these podcasts, but you have to pick the ones that people want to talk to or hear from. So, you know, how do you approach that with it, with them trying to brand themselves? Because I think that's another thing is people want to be even on those types of things. And I'm like, oh, who are you? And I look them up and I'm like, well, that's why I don't know who you are. Because they're not, they're not doing anything you're saying? Well, they're not doing anything or, I mean, I'm going to give in a thing that I think uh, that's pretty basic is 
I need to know who you are. Cause like Ron said, and I don't mean who you are, like you're important, but what do you represent? Yeah. Like when I originally went to mutant and I said, I had a new sponsor and I said, who is it? There were two guesses, animal and mutant across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where I fit the people who know me and knew the brands knew that. Um, but that came from years of letting people know who I was. Yeah, you're really good at that too. And who I was. And I feel like right now, one thing that's a weakness for a lot of people that blows my mind, especially this is cautious, but I'm going to say it, especially women is they put up a picture and a trite quote. I've read that 700 fucking times. Do you have anything to say of your own? Do you have anything to add? If you're going to put a quote, tell me what it means to you. Why does that matter? I hate that shit. I see it and I laugh. We, we've had conversations joking in the morning about just answering each other with dumbass quotes that people put on pictures because it's who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but at the same token, if you can hit me with something quick where I know who you are, even yeah. if I don't like it, I know who you are that that's helpful. So, you know, those types of things I think set people apart because like you or hate you, they're listening. You know, I yeah. think everyone knows everything. Everyone knew who Howard Stern was real quick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, so that's that's one thing I would say is 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 know who you are and put that out there on the regular. Um, like Chris Fine, uh, I brought him over to Mutant before I actually was publicly with Mutant because I just right. he posted one day. It was right after I had agreed to the deal verbally and I just messaged him and I'm like, hey, this would be a ground floor thing, but you are a mutant. Yeah. Can we do yeah, it? Yeah. You know, yeah, and he yeah. was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was very simple. I've never met him, never spoken to him ever, but he's a mutant. It was yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know what? I know what you mean. And I, I had uh, people mention that to me already. I had someone mention that to me. They're like, that was a good, that was a good call. And I go, I was all dusty. Huh? Every, every <laughs> six years I make a good call. I was going to add, I, I had a friend who she does like personal training. She's going to school for, to be a nutritionist and stuff. And she posted the other day asking like, Hey, you know, I don't really do much. And she doesn't do anything on social media. She'll like post a picture once every six months. And when she does, she'll get like a ton of likes on it, but it's mm-hmm. like, that's all she does. I think some people who are in that position where they're not posting a lot, they get, they get like paralyzed uh, and, and you can get caught up thinking you need to make this like perfect post that, you know, Dusty said, I need to explain who I am. So this post needs to encompass all of that. Whereas right. in right. reality, you know what, maybe tell a little piece of the story, because I've seen people who started podcasts who had really big ideas and that each episode was like it had to be crafted into this complete story when the reality is you just need to get it out there. You know, like this is one tiny article in a newspaper, you know, and it's like they and guess what? The whole newspaper is getting thrown out and you need to do it again tomorrow. So like the reality is, is like just put something out, put something out. And I think that you get better at it as you go. And I feel like, Dusty, you before social media even came out, like you were posting on the message boards like that's that's really how people knew you, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Like you started growing and you like in a time when people didn't post pictures on message boards, you posted pictures. You know what I mean? Like you weren't afraid to just put yourself out there and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing right now. 
this is the result I got, you know? Right. And I think that's the start is like, that's how people knew you, man. That's how I knew you, you know? Well, I think that that's the thing is with, with if there's one piece that I think is a huge mistake is that in the same sense that people say, I'm going to show you who I am, they put it out there and then they wait to see if the audience likes it and then if they're going to adjust it. Hmm. I'm like, no, just put out who you are over and over and over. Sure, the market will decide if they want you, but if they don't, who gives a fuck? Because the, right. like, you're not going to get picked up as a fake you anyways. So just jam it out there. Like, I mean, yeah. we joke about yeah. it, but like, I really think like if you saw the, the bodybuilders I follow, they're all over the place, you know, where like I follow some guys that are extremely strict form, very high volume. And I'm like, this works for them. Their style of posting is it's they're providing a value. You know what I mean? Then I follow JP that's just picking up houses all the time. And I'm like, that's him. You know, if JP ever put out a video like squeezing a cable side lateral, I would text him and be like, were you joking? What's happening here? And it's not to say he doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Right. But it's just, it just doesn't fit. So I think the biggest thing is don't really read into either what goes off and what doesn't. Because I've had some stuff mm. where I, I put out a post and I'm like, this is solid. And it gets nothing. And then I'll be right. like, I'll be running late and just like throw up a you know, fuck that weight is my entire like caption and it's a heavy set. And then I go back to it a few hours later, it's got 5,000 hits. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Right. And it's, and it's something I've done before. So I don't even understand why it caught anyone's attention. You know what I mean? So I just don't read into those things. But I think the big thing, like Ron, you've said a hundred times with Mike Rashid is just put shit out there. Yeah. Over and over. I think, you know, I've had lunch with him as well. And it's like, he never thought about it. He just put it all up. No, there, was there no, it is. He didn't stop. You know, and now he has a very clear understanding of what he's doing. But back then when he grew, no idea. <laughs> so, Here's a good one. Go ahead. I got a good one. I don't know. It's going to be a hard one to answer because there's just too many answers. But it might generate a good story. What was your first, holy shit, I love bodybuilding moment? Hmm. I have mine, but I want Scott to answer first. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, it would probably be like when I was a kid. Like the first moment would have probably been like lifting. It'd probably be like the same story everybody has where like I was lifting weights in my basement or something like that. I don't know. But it maybe maybe it was later. There was a time when I realized like, oh, yeah, you got to eat. And that's how you grow muscle. And I started, I don't know, man, that's, I don't, I don't know. Every moment, every moment is a holy shit moment. I still have those moments. It's hard to remember like the first one. Cause I still, right. I still have those moments like with, yeah. a, and, and you know where, you know when it happens nowadays is it's like after I'm done training and I feel like a million bucks and I literally like feel more confident and decisive in my decision-making and I'm like, right. God damn, I'm glad I got that workout in because I feel so good now. Let's get on with the rest of the day. This day is awesome. I have that yeah. day every day after I train, you know? That's amazing. That's a funny, it's funny you said that, Scott, because that's actually my answer, which was um, the first time I did a prep and uh -huh. I was doing a cardio I didn't want to do. And I was really struggling because mentally I was a bitch at that point. Like, you know, it was your first prep, you're just not ready. So it's, it's overwhelming. I remember 
arguing with myself the entire time to just fucking finish it. It was a step mill. Yeah. Was, I mean, almost emotional. I so much did not want to do this. Yeah. And when I got done, and obviously that feeling of like I beat, I slayed the dragon, that became the thing I was addicted to. Because now I do understand, like, if you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to really see what you're capable of in terms of bodybuilding, even not bodybuilding, other things, get yourself on to something that's very difficult to do, set a goal for it and make it happen. Get on the step mill and say, I'm doing 30 minutes today on these two levels back and forth and I will not stop. And you might literally be in your mind be like, fuck this shit, I hate this. But when you're done... There's literally an endorphin rush where you're like, oh, yeah, it's a holy big shit, you know, so I think once you can do that, you can control that in life in general. Like, yeah, I really don't think there's much of anything. And, and I don't mean me as an individual. I mean, everyone. I don't think there's much you can't do. I think people just have no idea what they're capable of because they don't have enough of those little wins to give them the courage to go for something big. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember, um, I was living in my hometown. I'd gone back there to do a semester of college and get ready for the provincials, the Alberta bodybuilding show. This was in 99. And so I did my semester and all that stuff and competed right after finals. It was like right about all at the same time, you know, you finished school, did the spring show, won the overall. And I remember I had a job. I'd gone for this job interview that was kind of related to my business uh, that I was taking at, at school. And uh, I got the job. It was I was going to work for the city for the summer. So I had like a city job, paid pretty good. You know, they were going to get me into this one department and it was going to be, you know, a good experience. And then I go back to school in the fall. Well, I'd won the Albertas and I was like over the moon, like fucking ecstatic i was like going to nationals you know i was i got a lifetime buy to nationals because that's how it used to work here if you won the overall at the provincials so i was like oh fuck i'm gonna go win nationals now and i remember the day after i i won the show i you know got home and i called my called up my new boss or whatever and i was like yeah i'm actually not gonna be able to take that job and he's like why and i'm like oh because i'm i can't live here now i have to move Cause like that made me, I was, I was so excited. I was like, Oh, I got to move where the, where there's more bodybuilders. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it cemented that I was going to be a bodybuilder. You know, I was like, yeah, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go win nationals now. So I just said, yeah, I can't take that job. Cause I was supposed to start like right away. And he's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, yeah, no, like I won't be into work. Like I'm moving, I'm loading up my car and getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to Edmonton, you know, like it was pretty cool. So, but yeah, I just remember feeling like I could do anything. It's like, oh, I just won the overall. Oh, I can do anything. Like anything. <laughs> like I just pack my car up and leave. I don't even need a plan. I'll just figure it out. You know, there's all these people that I've just networked with. And, uh, you know, I've got this whole world of bodybuilders at my disposal that all want to help me out. And I'll just move to, move there and just, you know. So it was just like a real like the the world is my oyster type of feeling um, deciding that, you know, I had all these other plans. Like I was going to go to school and I was going to do this, but I was also going to bodybuild. And then all of a sudden when I won the overall at that show, I was like, Oh, okay. Fuck everything else. I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, I, I, love, I, I love it just because like it, it worked and it's passion. And that's why, and I, I hate the saying that you'll, you know, do what you love and you'll never work. Cause you'll work every fucking day and you'll work harder. Um, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, but yeah. you've loved what you've done every day since. So to me, like that's, it, it wasn't even a decision. Like, yeah, I just couldn't imagine you. doing that job. I was like, oh, yeah. I've got other things to do. I can't <laughs> do that job. That's awesome. You know what I mean? You know what, if I can oh. interject one thing with this too, you, you hear a lot of people, uh, a, a lot of fans of the sport who will say, you're doing all this for a plastic trophy. You know, it's like bodybuilding's not worth, you hear a lot of that. And I hear it from people who are legit fans who love the sport and they say that, but this is the other side of that because there is some truth to like, when you do, when you, when you are successful and you complete a prep there, like you do, you see so much about like, wow, I'm capable of a lot in my life. And so I just oh, want to yeah. throw that out there because yeah, it is just a plastic trophy, but there there's this aspect too, you know? Yeah. You nailed that, yeah. Scott, because I just I have a young kid that um that I started with maybe three months ago. And uh he got got COVID, got sick, um, didn't train, but stayed on his diet. I, I know nothing of this. And then I get an email, his check-in right on schedule, and he's like, Hey, got COVID. Uh, so I adjusted the plan to this. Uh I went to his off days because he wasn't training. I did that and this and, you know, here's where I'm at and here's my plan for next week. And a week later, he went through some more stuff. And I literally, my email response to him was, you can do anything in life. I promise. He's like yeah. 19 years old. I was like, I, I just need to tell you that how you've handled the last two weeks tells right. me that you That's will be you successful. Yeah. Whatever right. you end up doing, it's going to be fine, kid. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. got this. And I mean, and I'm, I mean, I mean it. Like, I was like this kid's a badass, like, because it didn't slow his thought process of what he was going to do. It didn't change his trajectory or, I mean, for crying out loud, he, I mean, which it would have been fine if he had reached out to me, but he didn't even do that. And he was on schedule. Oh, and he didn't miss a single meal. Of course. He just didn't go to the gym because he's not an asshole. Right. So, right. You know, yeah. I mean, it was funny. The only mistake he made was he actually, I did have him doing some cardio. So he was doing that outside with COVID. Oh God. And I was like, I would have had you not do the cardio, yeah. but but I like where your head's at, and that's probably what I would have done at your age. So yeah, they're yeah, not right. even making they're not even making nurses stay home from work now. Exactly, he's like fuck it. I don't know, know what country he's from though. But anyway. I'm going to the park. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So no, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah, it's those uh, you know kind of pivotal moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I mean, there's also. Um, you know, the question, you know, when you just think, God, I love bodybuilding. I, I still remember how there, I, there's n nothing I've ever done had the same feeling as when I went to Gold's Venice in 96. Because that was like the first time I went and, you know, Flex and Paul and Chris Cormier and all those guys were there. And it was like that crazy, you know, LA crew. And, oh, yeah. you know, we went to Firehouse with, I went to Firehouse with Craig Titus and had oh a meal. God. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like Craig that Titus. sort of. Yeah, I went and had a, a lunch with him. Yeah, what was I trained he biceps like? with him. Yeah, what was he like to hang out with? So, Craig was a, like a really nice guy. He was generous. He was like, oh, I'll pick you guys up from your backpackers. So you don't have to drive all the way or you don't have to walk all the way here, you know, and I'll give you guys a ride back and hop in the Jeep. I'll give you guys a ride back. And hey, uh, why don't we go to Firehouse? You guys have eaten Firehouse yet? You got to go to Firehouse. Like he was really nice guy, but he was very cocky and he was, you know, he had that air about him. Like 
I knew right away when I met Craig, I was like, oh, some people aren't going to, some people probably don't like this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, you know, no, like he's just, he was pretty cocky in the way he talked and stuff, but he was a funny dude. He was very helpful, man. He seemed to like, you know, I, I was training biceps and he was like, why don't you just do biceps with me? And I was like, okay, no kidding. So we just did the same preacher curl that he was using and he handed the bar back and forth and, so yeah, like he didn't even know me, you know, he just, he was training arms and I went in there and I, I was doing some biceps after back and he was doing biceps and we just wound up using the same machines. And then he just asked me to train with him and away we went. But that whole, that whole week I was in goal at, at Gold's Venice that first time, it was like the most magical Disneyland feeling. I bet. Like, oh yeah. It was just like, you know, cause that's when I was at my peak, like fandom, you know, right. like you know, I'd been bodybuilding for, you know, five, six years at that point, I guess, six years. And, you know, I was one of the big, big kids around the gym, you know, like, so I just, I was in that perfect spot to enjoy that week there. And everyone was cool. Like everybody that I met was like, you know, cool and took pictures with us. And it was just one of those crazy times. But I remember thinking like, fuck, this is the best. Like right. bodybuilding is the best. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, then it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's another time that comes to mind with that question. You know, no doubt. Well, okay. I got to, uh, I got to roll here, fellas. I got to yeah. go uh, do a pickup. So that's a good way to close the show. Um, I'm glad I was able to tell my story about the mismatch plates. I like to irritate Dusty, <laughs> and uh, you know, and you know Love what? I, I I hate to disappoint the last five minute crew. Nobody's dick got sucked. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <sighs> next time. They next all, time. Yeah. all, not all stories can be those types of stories. Yeah. So, Again, I'll go there. No, no. Okay. <laughs> so thanks to everybody. Reminder to like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. Oh. There you go. One more thing. Shout out to our female listeners. I said, I was like, we, yeah. we, I was like, we only have one. I had a whole bunch of female listeners that reached out to say, like, hey, I listen to. So I want yeah, to say shout out to all of yeah. them. Um, yeah, shout out to all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Hello. Hello to all the all, all the female listeners we will run into in parking lots. At Home Depot. <laughs> right, at Home Depot. Okay, thanks, guys. And remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. All right, guys. Adios. Much appreciated. Bye. Got it. See you guys.